Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. All right, Mike, welcome back to the show. I've got a great question here for you today, something that I think our audience, a lot of people are probably going to resonate with. So here's the question. My dog barks excessively. Does this present a problem in terms of preparing my dog for a child, and what can I do? Uh, well, does it present? What was the first part? Does it present a problem? Yeah, it presents a, a problem. I mean, I think just from a straight noise standpoint, I guess there's two ways to think about it. On the one hand, you know, every most parents I know work pretty hard to get their kid down for a nap, right? So then, if you've got a dog that's, yeah. that's chronically barking, you know, you just spend 30 minutes trying to get the kid to sleep, and then you know, a squirrel steps on a twig three blocks away, and your dog goes bananas. It starts barking and bouncing off the walls. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the baby's up. So that's one side. The other side is, you know, I guess they, they uh, I know my sister, when she had her kid, they told her that um, whatever noise you usually make around the place, keep making it. The kid will sleep right through it and get conditioned to it. So there's that. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but, um, but uh, it's an annoying, it's an annoyance. It's a problem. Barking is a pain in the neck. Um, it's common. It's natural, and it's, it's something that we want to um, get on top of as, as soon as possible. You know, because there are dogs like that. Literally, yeah. any yeah. little noise outside, the dog's going bananas, right? <clears throat> so, I mean, the most common way to deal with it is um, just put a citronella barking collar on the dog. There's various little, there's various very uh, barking devices that you can use that are pain-free. Um, they're just annoying to the dog. They give the, they correct the dog for barking immediately. And um, they can be very helpful. I mean, that's a one-dimensional solution. But if somebody needs a what, quick, what is hmm? what is that? What is a citronella? Oh, it's a little. Collar. It's an aerosol collar. It has a little compressed citronella spray in it. And um, when the dog barks, it just blows an aerosol of citronella spray up under the dog's nozzle. It smells like <laughs> smells like orange juice. But uh, yeah, it's harmless. But it does. You know, it's, it's they're about eighty-five percent <laughs> effective, which means they work pretty well on about eighty-five percent of dogs. Um, a lot of humans could use something like that. <laughs> That's true. Um, huh. It's a one-dimensional solution. There are more. There are more yeah. um, complex and sophisticated ways to approach barking. Um, but that's one that if you're just hassled and in a hurry and you need to get on top of the barking uh, citronella barking collar, uh, will often do it. They also sell these various ultrasound systems where that you can just put up in the room where the dog barks. And um, it sets off an ultrasonic kind of sh- uh, sound wave that you can't hear, but the dog can. Um, and they, yeah. they can be effective. The only issue with those is that if you have other pets in the house, everybody gets corrected. And that's not fair. Oh. But if you have a single dog, yeah, that, right. that, that may work. And they're inexpensive enough to experiment around. Um, you know, there are what, more... Sophistic- what if... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Did, did, does that affect cats, do you know? Yeah, it does. So if you have cats in the house, you probably wouldn't want to get an ultrasonic system. Or are they going to... Yeah, they're gonna hate that dog even more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every time that stupid jerk barks, I get blasted by that noise. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> totally. That's awesome. Um, I mean, there are more nuanced ways. So that's, so that's the top layer, right? So that's a quick fix. I mean, <clears throat> then uh, there are more new, depending on what kind of time you have and so forth, there are more nuanced ways to deal with it. So um, I'll give you an example. And I did this many times over the years. Um, you know, most dogs go crazy when somebody comes to the door, right? So, um, yeah. so people who want to decondition the dog to barking like crazy at the door, I've done the kind of following routine. I would, I, I would, I would start by putting a citronella collar or something like that on the dog to just temporarily suppress the barking. Then, um, yeah. then I would, I get an iPhone or whatever phone people are using and record the doorbell ringing. So you yeah. know, basically you have somebody, you have a friend or somebody stand outside and, uh, every in five second increments ring the doorbell and you record it for about a minute by putting your phone up to wherever the doorbell chime comes out in your house. Right. So now you've got yeah. a, you've got a yeah. minute's worth of doorbell ringing and, um, you know, in five second increments. So now what I do is uh, get a pile of treats and walk around with that phone, play back the ring. And every time the phone makes the ringtone, call the dog to come to me, give him a treat. Okay. And it's got to be obviously mm. a really good treat that the dog really likes. So now the dog's experience is if I bark and go crazy, I get sprayed, but so that's, that's being suppressed. But yeah. then, then um, if I don't bark and I run over to mom or dad, and they, uh, every time that, that ringing sound goes off, I get a piece of cheese or a chunk of hot dog or chicken or whatever. Uh, that's pretty good. Now, yeah. it, it can take a, it'll take a few days to recondition it and a few hundred reps probably. But it definitely yeah. works. And then, you know, because the, uh, the front door sound still is going to sound different than your, um, the sound coming out of your phone. Then, you know, you go back and have somebody ring the doorbell and do the same thing. The doorbell rings. You call the dog, you know, and have them come to you, give them a treat. Usually within, I don't know, a week of doing that on a daily basis. Yeah. And you've got a situation where the doorbell rings, the dog comes running to you looking for a treat. You can also use, you know, I, one of my blogs, I did a cool video. I think we videoed this or maybe I just. Uh, yeah. With, with the toenail clipping thing. No, with the, um, <clears throat> we used the Sono sound system. I don't think oh, I videoed it. You I, did I, a, you just did a great blog post on it. Yeah. I encourage people to look at that. Cause if you've got one of those sound systems at Sonos, or from your phone, you can send the sound to any speaker in any room. You can do the same thing. You can send the doorbell ringing sound to a speaker in some other room. It's going to produce a pretty realistic sound that's going to be very difficult to tell apart from the front door. And teach the dog that wherever that sound comes from, whether it's the front door, one of the bedrooms, your phone, you run to mommy or daddy, you get a treat. And again, yeah. if you just you got to just do a lot of reps initially because it you know that's it's a deep behavior to change and it takes. It takes a lot of repetition and intensity to shift it, but you know it can in, a, in about a week you can do it if you hit it a bunch of times every day, pretty good. And yeah. um, and then you know then it'll stick. Uh, so that's so yeah yeah that that would be my recommendation on on barking and I mean barking you know front doors trigger barking like nothing else does. It very it's a little more difficult to apply that. So that what one thing what you just described is classic systematic desensitizing, Definitely. right? Absolutely, yes. All right, cool. So everyone, we've done quite a lot of these episodes on systematic desensitizing. So you, you can go back and actually listen to almost epi any episode, and we hit on this topic of systematic desensitizing. So there's insights you can glean throughout. But again, just coming back to that blog post that Mike talked about, and, and I'll link that up in the show notes for this episode, 
he really goes through systematically in the blog post and explains how he did that in just the same way he did here in in terms of desensitizing for the uh, the doorbell. But it's it's obviously it's a hu- it's a huge answer to a lot of the issues around preparing your dog for your child. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, keep keep. Yeah, it just struck me as like, all right, this is like another classic example. Yeah, so I'll give you a, well, let me go on about it just a little bit. So the doorbell thing is predictable. Other stuff is less predictable and more difficult, right? Let's see. I don't know if we should have time to tell this whole story, but. Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're at eight minutes, so you can go for it. Um, so I had a client about a year, a year and a half ago, and she had this tiny little black dog. And um, that he, they, they were pregnant. They were about four or five months out from the due date. And um, <clears throat> they had. They lived in a beautiful place in the San Francisco, and they had apparently they had money. So what they did is they they um, landscaped their backyard really beautifully, including putting up a big redwood fence. And they also blew the whole back wall of the apartment out and replaced it with one solid piece of glass. So, oh wow! So now, so they have their beautifully landscaped backyard and a complete perfect view over it from their living room with the fireplace. Beautiful. Yeah. It was very nice. And the big redwood fence, that, uh, unfortunately, in the back had become a highway for squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> and that I little, knew you were going to say that. Yeah. And the little dog went apoplectic whenever it saw a squirrel running across the fence. Absolutely yeah. out of its mind. Crazy. Uh, and really oh, yeah. would wind itself, would bark. Even after the squirrel was gone, you know, for 10 minutes, would just stand at the, at the back window just going crazy. And as soon as he'd start to settle down, the next one would come by. And um, Yeah. So they had gone to the <laughs> they had gone to the San Francisco SPCA where they have these purely positive force-free behaviorists, vet, veterinary behaviorists. So what they yeah. you know, the, the main mission for these people is that the dog never experienced anything un- unpleasant in the name of training. So what they did is they put the dog. They said, "Well, the dog's very nervous, so it needs to be on a load of anti-anxiety meds." We're talking about this little six-pound dog. It needs to be on a load of anti-anxiety meds. So they put an anti-anxiety meds. Then they said, "Well, we have to make sure the dog is not exposed to the stimuli." of seeing the squirrels. So we suggest that you cover your back windows. So they ended up taking garbage bags, plastic garbage bags, taping them all over this beautiful, expensive back window. So the dog wouldn't see the squirrels. And, um, and then, uh, they just a whole bunch of nonsense protocols. (laughs) Then they were supposed to like go out in the backyard and approach the squirrels from a distance that the dog could see them, but wouldn't bark which is impossible because the backyard is only so big and you can't get enough distance. And whenever, you know, they gave us all this nonsense advice, you know, and they worked at this for like two months with no results predictably. Plus they're living in a living room now that is darkened by trash, yellow, tra- I mean, uh, sorry, black trash yeah. bags all over the back window, which is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I actually, in the book that I'm working on right now, put this case history in because it shows the lengths to which these people will, go in their quote-unquote force-free ideology to, to <laughs> A, get no training results for the owner, but, but the main thing is really the dog didn't have anything unpleasant happen to it, except yeah. being on meds, not being able to go out anymore, living in a you know darkened little apartment. So anyway, I, the whole thing was absurd. Yeah, I yeah. Said, I, so I, I got over there and said, look, get rid of all this stuff, put a little bark and put a little citronella collar on the dog. And then I said, then we get wanted, rid of the medicine. Get rid of the well, medicine. Well, the medicine. I said, let's, let's, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to anti-anxiety. because the dog was very nervous and overwrought. So I said, you know, yeah. let's, we could, let's leave the meds and see what happens. Um, and then I said, you know, do you know when the high traffic times are for the squirrels? Because the, some of the stuff is also, it's, I mean, some of it is just, it's a knee jerk trigger on prey instinct. 
but other stuff is just done boredom and nothing else to do. So, so I said, said, put a citronella collar on the dog. That'll deal with the barking, which it did at key times during the day, you know, maybe you have a tether in the house for the dog and then give a bunch of really nice chewies to it. So if they're, I don't remember when the high time, you know, high traffic time for squirrels was, but during those times she taught the dog, to lay down in its bed and then chew on really nice chewies, raw frozen beef bones mm-hmm. and bully sticks and just chill out. And he learned that after a while, yeah. like between such and such a time and such and such a time, you're over here. And we kind of worked all that together and then slowly started getting the dog out in the backyard around the squirrels and did, did um, you know, a bunch of treat training coming, this and that, just, to, uh, just to get the dog used to being able to put his attention on something else, even with squirrels there and start to disregard yeah. them more and more and more. And we took about... Yeah, three or four weeks of all this completely changed everything, you know, but it's just more tricky dealing with barking in those situations. is just a lot more tricky because yeah. uh, it's hard to, it's hard to know when the squirrels are coming around. Uh, it's just, it's just more challenging, but even there, the citronella yeah. collar yeah. made a huge difference. We didn't need it very long. We probably put that citronella collar on the dog for a couple of weeks and then did a lot yeah. of, you know, did a lot of other uh, sort of pseudo desensitizing exercises to help out. But, you know, we got, yeah. we completely yeah. got over it, but I, that story was amazing because, um, the absurd, totally. the absurd lengths that these people will go to to just avoid, yes. because, because according to them, uh, any kind of, oh, 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 I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you right there. I know you got an ax to grind with these people and, and I, appreciate it but let's we need to you want to wrap, yeah, wrap I can go, this I can one go up. on i know i can go on i know you got a <laughs> lot of good stories around this and and everyone mike's about to publish his book which is all about the you know i'll, I'll met i'll maybe you should just say a word about it yeah it's just the problems the problems with the, the the whole purely positive training where you never say no there's never any reprimands um etc that it all sounds good on paper and it's certainly it's um um commendable to do whatever we can to minimize or even eliminate any, you know, unpleasantness out of training. I'm completely down with that, but there's times when you need to do something, you know? So when people tell you, like these people will tell you spritzing a dog with a water bottle is morally equivalent to kicking it across the room that, you know, you got to, I mean, to me, you got to draw the line somewhere. That's crazy. And that kind of talk basically just removes effective and harmless options from people who really need help. And these people were a case in point. They spent months doing this. They yeah. spent probably a couple of grand with this behaviorist who never came to the house, but just they would go to the office, report back, get charged 400 bucks for the hour and be told to that just, just, to, yeah, just keep practicing because they'll always say the same thing. You're either not working hard enough or your dog isn't trainable. They'll never say, let's try something else. So anyway, I've got a book coming out about all this that um, I've been working on for two and a half years. Hopefully it'll be out this year. So everyone, this is Mike's 10 kiloton kind of bomb in, that he's going to drop right on top of all these people with all sorts of uh, sci- scientifically backed, like deep, deeply, deeply scientifically backed uh, arguments and proofs that just sort of upset that whole perspective. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I could literally go on for hours, so I'll stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all right, so that's great. I mean, basically, just to summarize very quickly... Like you said, in both instances, like as you said in the beginning and then in that anecdote, you have simple things like a citronella collar, which can quickly act as an effective deterrent for the barking and recondition the dog relatively quickly. But And also, Mike, I noticed like my neighbor uses, she has a little shih tzu that used to bark incessantly at the door. And then she just put a little collar on on the dog that beeped when the dog barked. All it does is beep. 
And that's actually completely stopped her barking. Yeah, every dog's different. You know, every dog is different like that. So some dogs, yeah, uh, some dogs will respond to the mildest things, like a beep. Um, yeah. Some dogs yeah. will respond to the ultrasound. Some dogs will respond to the spray. Some dogs don't respond to any of them. And then, unfortunately, and then this is like a taboo thing you're not supposed to mention these days. Um, there's electronic barking collars. They will stop it in almost every case. Yeah. I mean, they have their own problems. Got it. And, and uh, I, I don't think anyone should reach that. Like for, a little. Yeah. A little shock or something? Yeah, and I, yeah. I, my, I just have to throw the caveat, and if somebody's listening and they're thinking about using that, get some professional advice and help with it, because, um, uh, you know, the, the electronic callers, are very, whether they're barking callers or remote control recall callers, they, uh, you know, they're difficult to use properly, and they need to be used carefully by somebody who knows what they're doing. Otherwise, there's a potential for the law of unintended consequences to kick in. And, um, got it. And so I just recommend try everything else first. And then if, right. you, if you feel like okay. you're stuck that you have to do this, then get some help. Cool. All right. Really good. All right. So the basic, so we're talking about, again, this is sort of a, a classic example of systematic desensitizing and reconditioning your dog. And actually the solution to this is relative uh, all, all things being equal sounds relatively simple compared to some of the deeper issues we've discussed on on the podcast yeah i mean there can be complexities to it but uh you know it, it, certainly suppressing the barking through something like a citronella collar is usually going to be some kind of the program you know then you can use a lot of yeah. systematic you know depending on particulars you can use you always want to try to figure out how can i use routines of systematic desensitizing to teach the dog a new set of expectations with an old trigger you know like yeah. somebody, somebody knocking yeah. on the door or whatever so and nice. you know sometimes you have to get, right. you have to get creative there a little yeah got it all right so everybody if you enjoyed today's show please one of the best ways you can support us is leave us a, a rating and review over on itunes uh, that's really the best way to help other parents discover our show. If you know other parents who are preparing their dog for their child, let them know about the podcast. Write us a rating and a review. Also, I encourage you to go over to gooddoghappybaby.com. Check out Mike's book. It's been a bestseller for a couple years now in the whole pet training category. Check it out, gooddoghappybaby.com, the book. And then Mike's got a wonderful video course, which if you sign up for our newsletter, you can get a, a nice steep discount on that for the first week. That really will take you by the hand and give you very step-by-step -step instructions in how to prepare your dog for your child. So, so please check that out as well. That's the Good Dog, Happy Baby video course. All right, Mike. I think we're done here. Any any last word? This no, 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 no last no last words. We, the last words have been said. I think we're good to go. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. See you next week.